Hello, you're listening to the Grocery Girls podcast. The Grocery Girls is a non-profit organisation focused on inspiring and empowering women in the grocery industry at all stages of their careers. We want to help women realise their full potential, channelling their talent and ambition to seize the opportunities they deserve and carve out a career that works for them. I'm Jo Whitfield, the founder of Grocery Girls and also CEO of Co-op Food. I'm the first female CEO of a major grocery retailer, but it's absolutely my mission to ensure that there's many more of us coming through in the years to come. There are so many amazing, talented and driven women in our industry, and we want to bring you all together to share experiences and to ensure that every one of us reaches our goals. I'm Hester Lonergan, and I'll be your podcast host. Every episode, I'll be interviewing someone working in the grocery industry, from intern to CEO and retailer to supplier. I'll be asking them to share their daily routines, lessons learned and hopes for the future. We'll also be exploring how we adapt and flex to make our professional and personal lives work together, all the while embracing the fast-paced, ever-changing environment of this industry. Hello dear listeners, Um, happy December, if it is indeed December when you're tuning in to listen to this. Um, I just wanted to share a quick message from me um, to say thank you so much for listening in to us throughout 2020. Um, We started our podcast earlier on this year and the response has been amazing. It's been so wonderful to see so many of you tune in and listen to the stories and experiences of different people from across the grocery industry. I hope there's been stuff that's surprised, delighted, informed, fascinated you. Um, I know that for me, I've learned a heck of a lot from speaking to these people over the course of the year. We wanted to make sure that we saw 2020 out um, right. So we, towards the end of the year, over the past couple of months, um, checked in with only a couple of people from across the industry to reflect on 2020 and hear what they've learned and achieved both in professional and personal spaces. So yeah, we present to you this little festive mini-series and really hope that you enjoy it. Hello! I've already given you quite a good introduction to these festive mini-series episodes, so I'm not going to bore you for too long. I'm sure you can't wait to listen to the actual interview. Um, if you are anything like me, you will definitely enjoy it. Um, just wanted to say a huge thanks again to uh, Greg Randall, who agreed to be interviewed by me early on in December. We spoke earlier on in the year, I think probably around March, April time, when he was on paternity leave. Um, and yeah, it seems like he's had a really interesting year and some really fascinating reflections and wonderful to have a leader be so open and honest about those. Um, I felt like we really got a glimpse inside Innocent and also his experiences and his his kind of day-to-day work in life. So yeah, take it away, Greg. Hello, Greg. Nice to see you. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm very well. Yeah, yeah. As I say, it's been a, it's a busy time, but it's, um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty, pretty good at the moment. How are you? Fab. Yeah, similar. Um, I think just before we started recording this, we were chatting about how um, 
you feel in November like there's still loads of time till Christmas and then once you hit December it's like oh I have that many days to get everything done that I need to get done um, before I go off on holiday Um, so yeah the pressure's on but pressure is a good thing in the right amounts I think definitely yeah yeah and when, on the retailer side I know well in, in our industry there's a huge variance when some people Christmas it, it, it absolutely takes over um and i you know for other for other sectors it's kind of relatively business as, as usual so um yeah innocent from a from a sales side it's been um it's relatively business as usual but um yeah it's uh it's definitely a busy time still yeah amazing um so you mentioned innocent then and we so we had a little bit of a chat just before i got you to introduce yourself but the way we always like to start uh, for the benefit of our our audience is by asking you just to introduce yourself to us so who you are what you do where you work how kind of a bit of career history maybe how you got to where you are today i'm sure there's loads of interesting stuff so if you don't mind that would be great okay yeah, I'll give it a go. Um, so yeah, Greg Randall, I um, my role is head of grocery for Innocent Drinks, um, and I've been at Innocent for five and a half years now. Uh, so I started my career at Tesco. Um, I was a graduate at Tesco. I used to work in uh, in health and beauty, um, and then I worked in Tesco China. Um, I worked in the Tesco's price and promotions team, um, and I worked in in wine at Tesco as well. So I was buying wine there too. So a bit of a random mix from my Tesco days, um, and I left um, back in 2015 um, and uh, joined Innocent um, as the lead for Tesco. So kind of uh, which was a strange strange switch um, to kind of go to to be supplier side. So yeah, I, and then I became head of grocery three three and a half years ago. So yeah, about half of my career on on retailer side and half on on supplier side. Cool. And how about you, kind of personally? Where where do you live? Where are you based? I live in Wandsworth uh, in southwest London. Um, so um, I've got a family. Uh, so I've got two children and my wife, uh, Jenny. So I've got a four-year-old uh, and a nine-month-old. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it's been a busy year this year with, uh, with a newborn. You've got a corona baby. I shouldn't say that, should I? That's a really horrible way to term it. <laughs> No, it's not not at all. Uh, definitely, yeah. She. So we were, you know, this isn't a parenting podcast, but we definitely not noticed the difference between uh, between our first who we we used to hand to people, and he was perfectly comfortable with any random strangers. Whereas uh, Hetty, our nine month old, she she hands handed to someone she just cries because you you know you shouldn't do that now basically. So um, so yeah, it's definitely definitely uh, had an impact on on her. But uh, yeah, she's a very happy girl, so we're we're very lucky. Um, and I do remember, so I think we chatted earlier on this year um, and you were talking to me from a different location, weren't you? You were out somewhere with very limited signal. Yes. Yeah. Well, I um, So I've been on uh, parental leave this year. So I've had seven months uh, parental leave um, and we were up at my in-laws when uh, the UK entered lockdown number one. Um, so we stayed up there because they lived on a farm so we could actually spend a bit more time outdoors. Um, and it was just easier with, yeah, with two children, basically. So nurse, my four-year-old's nursery was closed. Um, and um, obviously we had a newborn at the time. So it, um, yeah, it just gave us a little bit more support, a little bit more outdoor space, basically, rather than being in a, in, in, stuck in uh, southwest London and you being allowed outdoors kind of an hour a day with a, the tiniest garden you've ever seen. So, yeah, it's, um, 
it, that was we were very lucky in that respect, uh, a very a different experience, and allowed us to kind of really very much feel like it was a positive experience for us as a family. So, absolutely, that's wonderful to hear. And so, um, seven months parental leave. When did you go off, and when did you come back into work? I uh, at the end of February uh, I was off and came back in September I think it was um, so yeah it was um, actually it's a, it's a policy change that Innocent only brought in this year um, so timing wise it ended up uh, worked perfectly for me um, and you know for a few others this year that have already taken it as well so yeah an amazing thing that Innocent have introduced which is that um, parental leave is the same for men as it is for women um, so, and to be clear, it's not shared parental leave like some businesses do. It's not, um, you know, wife takes six months and, and can only take six months and then the husband can take six months. Or, um, it's remunerated parental leave. The same deal was, as kind of women have historically got uh, at Innocent. So, yeah, it's been amazing. It's allowed me to, to, to be there for my, for my wife and child at, you know, what is the hardest time. Um, you know, with Fergus, the first, uh, firstborn, I took um, a week or two. And then it's straight back to work. Um, and the reality is, is that first six months as a whole is is really really tough, um, especially with a with a with another child as well. So yeah, it's been an amazing thing for me, uh, an amazing thing for for dads, but also for you know for everyone at Innocent. Wow, that's amazing. And yeah, so can you? Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about um that policy change. So can you? Obviously, you've talked a bit about the personal benefits, but generally that it is a really tough time, and it and it. And it makes sense and it's actually really important for a parent to be able to be around a child at that point. Um, so how did how did that change come about? Were you involved in the policy change or was it just coincidence or? Um, embarrassingly, yes. Uh, but I would like to clarify that there was no uh, agenda. Um... <laughs> I'm going off, so I'd love seven months, please. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time before Jenny was pregnant as well. So um what happened was we um probably about a year or two prior um i was part of a sprint week where about 10 of us took a week off work to focus on our uh, on gender equality at innocent so um we um completely turned off our emails and focused on you know how we get more women to the top of our business and make sure there is no pending gender pay gap um so I guess, yeah, there were quite a few um, work streams that came from that, quite a lot of different initiatives. Um, and this was one of probably five things that we did as a business. Please don't ask me what they all were because it was all quite a while ago. Um, and I could definitely see the, like, this, this sort of, the potential to be cynical about it a little bit as well, or the opportunity to joke about it because, yeah, to create gender equality and to support women it's a little bit odd to then say, let's give men seven months off work. Um, so I can see the kind of cynical side of it, but there are, all you've got to do is scratch a tiny bit deeper to see the real benefits. And I guess to, 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 to reel a couple of them off, it will be, you've got the same level of unconscious bias when you're recruiting men and women, um, or hopefully the same level of unconscious bias that, you know, could they be planning a family? Is that factor in somebody's subconscious thinking? Uh, possibly there's, you know, you'll have a, you'll have a business where, men have experienced a gap in their career as kind of and you know and it, and reduced pay as well as as women kind of so there's a level of empathy there and you know having a, a load of guys so that can relate and empathize to having that gap in their career is and how tough it can be you know being away from work and you know experiencing keeping in touch days experiencing handovers and coming back and um yeah it's you know there's a there's a lot of factors i mean and probably 
but one more just to mention is you know you've got um the, the sort of the lasting impact as well which is if the more involved men are at the beginning of their child's life the more likely the stronger the bond is formed at an early age and the more likely they are to continue to be involved and they're more likely to continue to support flexible working for all parents and 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 support an environment that yeah that helps parents and the reality is is that parenthood historically has had a a more limiting impact on women's careers than it has on men's so yeah an amazing initiative something i'm proud to have been a part of and and uh, both from a development but also from actually living it amazing and i think an an additional benefit to that right is the impact that it has on the child so and this is me just kind of um freewheeling here but if you if you raise a child from an early point with um kind of role models that are involved in kind of in that balanced way then hopefully you raise a child and you know you it's a step towards raising a society that isn't so gendered that doesn't have those defined roles I totally agree yeah and I, that's something that I, I I couldn't agree more with what I would say is we uh, I guess it, uh, if innocent can have a bigger impact this can 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 help other businesses have a similar impact then that would be a good strong benefit like um and it's and and yeah I think there's definitely that that was a, a factor in the consideration it's but it is it's our main aim was supporting women in our business I would say that's the biggest the biggest priority for it but if I'm if I'm being brutally honest because of the circumstances of 2020 I I did I I didn't spend as much time with Hetty as I'd like to have done because nursery was closed and I had a there was a screaming four-year-old and it was easier for me to deal with him as well so um, would I have loved to have been able to spend that time with her and invest that more in her relationship yes but Clearly, I spent more time with her than I would have done with otherwise. So, yeah, an amazing experience. So, yeah, um, one thing I'm interested to understand. So, obviously, you you went off on parental leave. What will it have been, like, three or four weeks before the country went into lockdown? Yeah, yeah. There was And there was no... Um, when I left... Yeah, it seems silly now, but no one thought we were going to do that. No one thought it was going to have a big impact still. So, um, yeah, we we didn't. Um, I didn't hand over any contingency plans for a coronavirus scenario. Uh, that was left for my. That was left for my. You know, my boss and my team to navigate through with the rest of the business. And did you? So, what what I'm interested to hear is, did you have to? interact with the business more than you were planning on because I guess you've gone on parental leave obviously you, you have a plan in place for well you talk about keeping in touch days maybe at some some point down the line um and maybe keeping kind of your ear to the ground and and having touch points with people when you need to but did you have to get involved in the business when kind of crisis hit in a way you weren't expecting no innocent um innocent completely 100% respected um, my parental leave as they would as I was a, if I was a, a mum who went off. Um, so, yeah, and I guess that's something to, to really be admired. I, I guess on the, on the kind of taking time off, so I basically spent the first two months of the year you know, doing my normal job, getting the business, you know, trying to get a set up well for 2020, uh, in a normal 2020, but also getting prepped for parental leave. Um, and that was something I put a lot of, a lot of effort into, into getting the right 
communication plan and making sure that my seven months off was as you know had as little disruption as possible um about kind of and actually there was a our head uk head of marketing uh, anna she um it had been mentioned a few times how strong her plan was and some of the fundamental principles behind her her maternity uh, plans when she uh, she'd been off previously um so i kind of took similar things which is making sure that you have you know really clear um, guidance as to who's covering what meetings, what forums, what responsibilities, what are the risks and ops are, what are the op- options for kind of replacing me, stepping up, step people stepping down, that kind of thing, um, and a really clear plan on how to use my keeping in touch days to their most effective. So I got 10 keeping in touch days and how to use them. Um, but to answer your question, I still just had take 10 keeping in touch days. And the business was very respectful about that. I did not get phone calls about what should we do here? What should we do here? So it sounds like there was a kind of a division of responsibility and almost kind of a splitting out of what you were you were responsible for. Um, was that an opportunity? Did you give opportunities to people to kind of challenge themselves and stretch while you were away? Definitely. My um, so there was the first thing it did was make the team the team were much more effective working together and lean into each other for support and um, that created a much stronger team bond. So that's a huge benefit. I'm also very lucky that the team was in a really strong place. We've got a lot of great experience within the team. There was no one handing their notice in and kind of, and, and you know, no mass exodus or anything like that. And you've got really strong performing team, which allowed us to have that consistency and, and, and a really, you know, and a really good um, performance from them regardless. Um, there were some opportunities for people in the team to step up and, and take stretch, um, which was which was a really good experience for them. Um, and also an opportunity for, for my boss who, um, had, had come across from uh, like uh, head of buying for Innocent and come across to um, this side. So to get a bit, a little bit more closer to our kind of grocery customers as well. So a good opportunity for a lot of people. Um, and there were some, yeah, some really, some really great learnings um, from kind of, yeah, from from not having a, a manager basically for, for from because that's what we we didn't directly replace me. So um, yeah, there was the team did a. A, a brilliant piece of work that they called bottling the good stuff, um, which we'd spoken about about actually what was what was better when Greg was gone, um, and that, you know that was stuff that I really was hugely yeah well exactly yeah but I mean we've got a, a really good feedback culture in the team and but it's you know I was so pleased you know I, obviously I wanted them to do that work we discussed it and that was you know and, and the fact we'd been trying for years to get them to talk to each other about. Um, certain challenges now I don't need to share kind of everything about what's going on in accounts and things but about you know how can they support each other more effectively and when I when I just vanished they had to which forced them into it and now that's a routine that we've got into more and much more into the into the kind of into our day jobs basically so yeah there's been loads of brilliant things that have happened from from not having me in that in that role as well. Wonderful and so it sounds like the ship was being run tightly if I can if I can say it like that if I can use the idiom in that way um the ship was being run tightly while you were off so what what was it what was it like coming back into the business so you came back in September so what lockdown two was looming but not quite on the horizon yeah it was um I was making it into the office one day a week just to get a change of scenery and to go to somewhere different um so yeah obviously we're speaking now just after after lockdown too um and coming back how was it um i was while i was off i was a bit concerned how motivated i was going to be but actually 
having had the time off, having seen how well everyone's done this year, um, and almost not letting myself be complacent about it, I felt really energised. And, and actually, it's been an awesome opportunity to to support the team who've had a really long and tough year. Um, and also a great excuse for me to do things differently. Like that piece of work, along with quite a few other kind of discussions, meant that I actually spent the first two weeks I came back, I didn't go to any of my kind of normal meetings. I just spent the whole time working out how I wanted to, to lead um, the grocery team um, kind of ongoing, basically. And, and I, you know, changing the where, where I focus my energy and how I can support the team the, the, the most effectively. Okay, very interesting. Um, and oof, what do I want to ask you now? Um, do you think, so obviously you talk about um, learning a lot upon your return. What would you say if you could tell me a bit about kind of what are the key things that you've learned, I guess, professionally this year? Um, I guess obviously I just mentioned a little bit about the 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 value in taking time away and and, the, and it as an excuse to do things differently. I think a part of that is feedback's always been ever since I started at Tesco, kind of my first. I remember the first bit of feedback I was ever given in a corporate environment, and it was just it's so enlightening that actually I just saw feedback as I'm quite a quite a rational person. I'm quite matter of fact, and I saw feedback as such an amazing opportunity to just get better at something like somebody's giving you like you know the cliche is obviously it's a gift and but if you treat it like that and somebody's giving it to you because nobody really wants to give critical feedback if somebody is taking the time to invest that um then it's it's hugely beneficial because if you just listen to it absorb it and and put it into practice you just get better and better and better and better and ever since i started at tesco um it's always been something that i'm hugely hugely passionate about but what I realised is that despite being passionate about it, it wasn't some. It had slipped. I'd almost like become complacent, but because I love it, because I'm passionate about it, that it would come naturally always. And actually, what the team had said was that they wanted more feedback from me, and I also realised that I wanted more feedback from them. So that's been probably one of the biggest focuses and realisations since I've come back in September is is the value and importance of feedback, um, and how to and how to cons- how you need to consistently. Uh, remind yourself to to give and receive uh, feedback in the right way and how positive an experience it can be if it's done in the right way yeah and I think that's one of the um one of the things that hopefully we've kind of got across and we've shared through our interviews and some of our stories um, with the grocery girls is that no matter where someone is in their career they don't know everything everyone's still learning and if we look at a year like 2020 the world is rapidly changing all the time. So actually building flexibility and being able to adapt and being able to, um, yeah, I guess flex the world around you and acknowledge that it's always changing and not and not become too set in any ways and be able to open the lines of communication and take on feedback is actually crucial for everyone. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Amazing stuff. And um, I'm really interested to know, so as well, it sounds like you talk about some of the policy changes that um, Innocent implemented that obviously have been really impactful um, coming into this year. So in light of um, the COVID crisis, this whole situation, um, is there anything else as a business or for you personally that you kind of, that you want to see change? I want to see change. Um, For me personally, I'm still trying to sort of work through this a little bit and it might not be a fully formed soundbite, but 
the importance of perspective um and you know this year has been a a lesson for everybody um and it's kind of taught us so much um like taught us what's important to us taught us what's what we should be thankful for taught us hopefully how important it is to look after ourselves taught businesses that you know it ain't that hard to work from home that kind of thing there are a lot it's forced a lot of it's forced us to do a lot of things and what i would love is for us to to remember that as much as possible it's really easy as humans to forget um it's you know it's a it's an evolutionary benefit i guess that our ability to forget what's happened in the past sometimes but perspective and let's try our best to remember what was important to us this year and and sort of to help us be happy and celebrate future years i'd say yeah amazing and i think one of the things i guess for my to my mind, one of the things that has really, really come to light is that is the power of purpose and the importance of purpose. So the businesses that have thrived and the businesses that have been, you know, talking points are those that focus on business, yes, but they also have another string to their bow. There's kind of a, a deeper reason for being. Um, and I think that's kind of playing into what you're saying as well. I was at, um, I went to Bread and Jam Festival Um the the online version um back in October was it October yeah October and um that was that was a really key message there it was that actually if you're building a brand and this is very you know if you're in early days of building a brand actually if you don't have a purpose there's no point and the purpose isn't about making money for yourself um actually having having a deeper narrative and wanting to make an impact and and keeping everything in perspective is really really important yeah definitely i mean that's not something that we haven't really discussed but it's one of the main reasons i'm at innocent is the fact that innocent is a business that's certified legally as a force for good so innocent to be corporation along with you know tony's chocoloni and ella's kitchen and i think uh, cook and you know there's a lot of other amazing brands um that that are kind of that are b corporations and um, yeah, being certified as a force for good and taking that holistic approach, not just standing for making money, but standing for something else is, you know, it's a brilliant thing to be a part of. It's also a brilliant. It's also clear that it's becoming more and more important for customers as well. And it's that shit. I guess it's that shift in understanding value. So I think for a long time, I don't want to get too like philosophical or too down into it, but I think for a long time, especially in the UK, like um, success. And value has been viewed as financial gain, right? And I think there's been this rebalancing this year of what value actually means. And there's, it's not just about kind of assets and profit. It's about what you get out of something and the intrinsic value of something. And I think that's something that from a, con- a consumer perspective has shifted as well, which is so exciting to see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the growth of the brands into that sector. And like you say, I did see some statistics about, um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I definitely saw some about the, about the performance of B corporations and businesses that are a force for good during the, the pandemic and the ability to kind of, to hold that bit better because it's a, a more balanced, uh, some more balanced targets and more balanced ambitions for the whole business. It isn't purely profit. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's standing for more than that is something that I'm very proud of Innocent. Amazing stuff. Um, so I guess we, we set out to talk about the personal and the professional and kind of have clear lines between them, but that rarely happens, to be honest, on this podcast. Um, and I think we've done an amazing job of blending the two. Um, and obviously your year has been so full of the personal intertwined with the professional being on parental leave. Um, so is there anything um, on a 
personal level that you've reflected upon that you feel you've learned? I think I would probably, I think how to manage myself most effectively um, and, and the importance of, of looking after myself and how to be at my best. Um, I think being at home has made that even more extreme, if I'm honest. Uh, the importance of blocking out um so somebody in in in, in fruit towers or mentioned the like during daylight you know d- during less daylight for example at the moment the importance of uh, getting out f- uh, in, during the day while it's light and so a lot of us are blocking out an hour and a half at lunchtime maybe you know starting work a bit earlier or finishing a little bit later if we need to um things like that um blocking that time out in my diary to to get outside and exercise to you know how important healthy eating is to me and and in how I feel it, we even had um a talk about uh, recently about um seasonal affective disorder um and some of the ways that you can um so some of the ways that you can manage that and i think this change in routine and the fact that we spend so much time at home means that you can often slip into doing things that, that at the time feel quite nice, but in reality aren't the best for you. Um, one of the things that I've taken the most from was um, getting up on your first alarm, never pressing snooze, just get up and go. Um, and I used to do that all the time, I'd realised. And I'd, and I'd in the, probably in the last year or two, I've maybe because I'll get up a couple of times in the night if there's a child crying or something, but uh, I'd hit the snooze button. Um, and actually now I've just changed that. And you know, things, how to look after myself and the importance of that and how big an impact that has on my working hours, uh, I would say is probably my biggest learning for this year. Okay, that's really interesting. And I think um, I was just thinking about it when you were, when you were saying, um, kind of talking through those lessons. Um, we look at kind of building... If you think about like the relationship between mental and physical health, we look at building physical fitness as this ongoing thing. Like if you want to be physically fit and like run or, you know, you know, be strong or whatever, that's a constant thing. And it's, it is hard work, but it, you know, it pays off. And I think, I think in a, in a less extreme sense, actually viewing, looking after your body and mind as that ongoing process, something that you need to invest in that isn't necessarily easy, but it does have like really, really important, tangible benefits. Definitely. And, and, and variety as well. You know, I think, you know, find out, you can find what works for you and get in a routine, but also I personally like exercising in different ways is, you know, play tennis, go for a walk, go to the gym, go for a swim, different things. And I think the same can be said for mental health too. do different things. And, and, you know, whether that's listening to a podcast or an audio book when you go for a walk or whether that's doing some yoga or whether it's just sitting and being present and being with yourself, that kind of, you know, do different things um, and take a different approach and, um and learn what's yeah what's most effective for you yeah so um this has been really really wonderful greg thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me um i would like to round things off with a couple of quick fires if that's okay so um these are as i say they're they're quick fires so usually i hope for the interviewee to answer quickly but usually it doesn't happen that way so as long or as short as you'd like to um respond to these please I am I'm a very matter of fact, clear, but straight, direct person. So you might just get if if you want quick fire, you might just get quick fire. Amazing. It might be the first time this round has been actually as intended. Let's go for it. Okay. Quick fire one. If you could summarize twenty twenty in one word, what would it be? A lesson. Oh, lesson. I like it. Okay, great. I'm not gonna ask any more. It's quick fire. Okay. Then quick fire number two. Um, do you have any goals for twenty twenty? Yes. <laughs> you imagine (laughs) yeah um yeah that'll be too that'll be too matter of fact my goal um 
it's being responsible for my own motivation. So being to be even more motivated for 2021 than I was for 2020. And I just realised that I asked you whether you had any goals for 2020 and I should have said 2021. But um, amazing. Thank you. Um, I guess my goal for 2021 will be to ask the right questions, um, not get my words mixed up. Um, great. Thank you. And then finally, um, I don't know whether you've prepared anything in advance or had to think about it, um, but we also like to ask our interviewees for a recommendation. Um, so whether you've got a book that you've been reading recently or a podcast or um, something that you've really engaged with that you'd like to share or whether there's a role model who's really inspired you. Yeah, I had a, I had a little think about it. Um, and I, there's a few. I used to do, I used to do, I'm a, I'm a big reader. I used to do a lot of sort of personal development and reading I, I stopped doing that when I started reading in the evenings because I ended up just thinking about work and it was all or falling asleep depending on which way it was going um but now I've got back into it in lunch times and sometimes audio books or physical books and this is one that I'd really recommend as a physical book which is The Art of Creative Thinking by uh, Rod Jud- Judkins um and definitely if you if you read it don't take it literally or don't take everything literally um the book as a lot of books do, it contradicts itself, but it's just, it, I find it so useful to just pull your brain and stretch your brain in a different direction. Um, and you could just pick it up at any page. So there's loads of short chapters with simple stories uh, and anecdotes and stuff. And, and actually the book, the book says, the book doesn't even um, say, like, it tells you which chapters you might want to hop to if you've been inspired by a certain thing or had a certain thought during a chapter. So you don't even read it like a normal book, but it's an awesome one to have in your home office, actually, because if you're sitting there and you're kind of struggling with something, open it at a random page and, and see where it stretches your brain to. Because, yeah, a lot of the stuff you might well ignore, but some, you know, it's about those few thoughts that resonate with you that will help you overcome a specific challenge. So, yeah, that's something that I found really, really useful. Oh, wow. Well, if you're not getting commission for that book already, you should be, because consider one copy sold to me. Cool. Well, wonderful. Well, um, as I said before, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. And I'm sure our audience will have got some really useful stuff out of this as well. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks, Esther. Yeah, so thank you so much and have a wonderful Christmas um, and a great new year. How wonderful is it to hear a man speak so passionately about gender equality and diversity? And I know we raised kind of the the multitude of benefits that uh, parental shared parental leave or pen, parental leave can have for kind of en- anyone, but for someone to be so passionate about um, gender equality and empowering women, I think it's it's great to have an advocate like Greg in our industry. So thanks a lot again, Greg. And um, yeah, see you soon. You've been listening to the Grocery Girls podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with colleagues and friends or let us know on Twitter, LinkedIn or Instagram with the handle Grocery Girls UK. You can join our network, subscribe to our newsletter, get more resources and find out about upcoming activity on our website, grocerygirlsuk.com. See you soon.